Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. I'm Marshall, that's the boys, and this is the Community Pub. I am diving into a very interesting drink today, but before we get into the beer, it is National Bourbon Day. So, everybody that enjoys a nice good glass of bourbon, you know, let's go. Cheers. I'll sip on that. It's a little Knob Creek rye, so I'll sip on that throughout the episode. We like rye. We like rye whiskey. Here's to bourbon, and here's to beer. So, beer I picked out today is uh, from Dead Armadillo. This is an interesting beer that is made of dill pickle. It's a goose beer, and... It is disgusting. I'll oh, go ahead and already tell on. you it's terrible. <laughs> no, I had it this weekend <laughs> when we were at Tulsa Tough. My buddy brought it. You know, we all go up there. He brings a bunch of beers, brings a bunch of stuff. I was pretty excited about it because I was like, you know what? That's such a unique thing. Deal. And, you know, pickles have gotten to be more popular, especially around athletes and drinking, uh, drinking the juice. And I was like, okay, I, I get it. No, nah. no, nah, I'm out. <laughs> I, I brought it just so I could dog it on the episode live, right? So that there's not always, we're not always the people that love everything, right? We do have some stuff we don't like. And uh, for me, that is this pickle recovery from Dead Armadillo. And I, I was talking to my buddy the other day, and he, he reminded me of, of what his parents used to drive in high school. And it was just a weekender car, and we were talking about it, and it was there's an old vet, right? So back in, this would have been the early nineties. So this was an 89, right? 89 vet. Vets were super popular, right? If group of people that just love vets, especially back in the nineties, as they were changing some models and stuff, and those, they were graining some more popularity. Uh, the, the, the fact that I got to sit down, I was a 15 year old kid. His mom came to pick us up from high. Uh, we were freshmen in high school. And it's like, his mom came to pick us up. It's like, cool. I get to get picked up in a vet, right? How cool is that? Cool is that? Not cool when you sit down on it. So when you sat down for me, it was my most disappointing car to ever sit down in and be driven. It was rough. It was loud. And I was just like, wait, why'd you guys get this? This is terrible, right? I'm a 15 year old kid. I couldn't do it. It didn't speak to me. I did not go get my white new balances. I stayed out of the vet world and I've never got back into it. Definitely not. What are you guys drinking tonight? Well, uh, so I would like to go ahead and make a plug right here while Marty's busy dogging beers. I would just like to say that here on the Pints and Polishing podcast, we absolutely love Bush Light. So uh, if you want to if you want to send us some beer, we'll gladly give you those shout outs every week. And uh, but tonight we're drinking Couch Fire. Not showing up on the screen very well. Love this beer. It's summertime. It's bright. It's crisp and it's light by uh, Springhouse Brewing Company. But uh, you want to talk about fire? We're burning couches when WVU wins football games. <laughs> Marty. <laughs> oh, I thought you guys changed it. I mean, there's a lot up there in West Virginia that goes on. We, we, so. we get wild up here, now, man. Like a... yeah, yeah. Well, so uh, the car that I was most disappointed in. Uh, one of our customers has a brand new GT 500 
and we go to this house to pick it up, take it over to our shop. This was last fall, getting it ready for storage. And he's like, yeah, man, go, go run the shit out of it. Like, I ain't gonna run the shit out of your car, but you know, yeah, I'll, I'll take it for a spin a couple miles back to my shop and just every single pebble that the tires picked up, you could just hear it in the fender wells. I mean, it was like driving on, you know, a freshly black topped road. Um, so my experience was not very good. I was like, man, for $120,000, like kind of expected a little bit more. I feel you on that one. I, I definitely feel you on that one. Yeah, man, as hell. Um, what I'm drinking tonight, I, I had set up be, before the podcast started, I spilled my my last glass of my Chateau Montalena Cabernet Sauvignon. If you've seen the movie Bottle Shock, they won with the Chardonnay, uh, but I had the, the Cabernet, but I had to switch to uh, Decoy Chardonnay, so that's what I'm drinking tonight, <clears throat> as always. <clears throat> You know, I, I Marty, I, I gotta agree. The the C4 Corvette is one of the worst cars to get in and out of. That is that is just it. It is an exercise in brutality to get in and out of that car. But for me, isn't it always amazing when some big beer belly guy gets out of one? You're like, how the hell did you do that, man? Uh, dude, it, it's like it's like watching clowns get out of a, a Yugo. It's just incredible. But <laughs> but for me, the the worst the worst car the the biggest letdown was the Plymouth Prowler. Um, did one a couple years ago. It was the first one I actually got my hands on. And, and the, 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 the owner is trying to explain to me how the top goes up and down. And I'm like, I do not have a degree from MIT to, to figure out the top. And it was, it, and I'm not sure if you guys know this, but I'm a Miata guy for, for those of you that don't know, I know whatever. So, so the Miata top is super easy to do up and down, whether it's the hard top, the power retractable top, the soft top. But this was like, I just, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So to me, that was, that was one of the worst cars. And, and to drive the car, it was, it was just, it was put together by children. So, so that's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm out on the Prowler. So for me, it was the Prowler and yeah, that's it. Don't blame you. Don't blame you. Prowlers are pretty terrible. Prowlers, uh, they're kind of rough as, uh, I know there was one, uh, and we don't, I've never really seen many much, but there's definitely one that came through the car wash when I, I had mine and it's like, oh man, that was brutal. Like those are some interesting, interesting vehicles. Yeah, I've never seen one up, uh, up till I drove by a Prowler on the highway one time and, you know, years ago, I'm like, <laughs> ah, that's okay, I guess, you know, that, that's about as close as I ever got to one. Uh, tonight, I am rolling in the haze with uh, Back 40, they're, uh, New England style IPA and it is hazy, citrusy, and just delightful. Sign me up. Sign yeah, me up. Live from the beach, huh? Live so this is what's beach. fun. Randy's live from the beach. <laughs> sitting in the car. Got his, his mic and his phone right. sitting in the car so we can have a beer at the podcast. Love it, man. Thanks so much for taking the time while you're out at the beach. Oh, I appreciate it. I had the grand idea of like I'm gonna have my feet in the water and chilling in a little beach chair and doing the show. And uh yeah, it's it's really windy out. That's just wouldn't be uh pleasurable for anybody listening for sure uh when it comes to my, my most disappointing car I, I think more than anything it was the build-up uh when i was a kid my uh one of my best friend's dads had a oh he had a, a 1974 corvette oh poor corvette guy i know getting after you again but um 
he had a, a, a 74 red Corvette. It was beautiful. I mean, I, you know, never got to go for a ride in it, never got to touch it. It was one of those things where it pretty much had ropes around it in the garage. Like, you know, and he was a scary looking dude when I was a little kid. He's, you know, big grizzly Adams looking guy with a beard and always, always looked angry. Uh, so I just admired the car from a distance and, and loved it. And finally, uh, 2009, um, I had a, a client that had a business and I was taking care of his fleet. You know, he had a bunch of, um, bunch of cars and I, I'd take care of him for his employees. I'd go up there every other week and detail them for him. And he had a, um, a, uh, 1970 Corvette Stingray and he was getting into car shows. So he, you know, he hires me to, to bring that in. I go through God, good 30 hours of paint correction on this thing. I mean, this is back in the day where three step, four step, however many steps you can step away, uh, polish the bejesus out of this car. And it was uh, immaculate. And, uh, I, I call him up when I'm all done. It, it's dialed in. Say, you know, I hope you're ready to win the show. And he's like, oh, man, he's like, oh, why don't you drive it over? I'll give you a ride home. He's like, take it for a spin. He was excited because he knew I loved the car and kind of told him the backstory. And I got in it and, and fired it up. And it, before I even really turned the key, when I actually sat in it in a position that I wanted to drive, I was like, this is all wrong. <laughs> just the, the, the ergonomics and laying down. I was just like, this, this is so I didn't even really. I got in it, fired it up, sounded great, ran great. And I honestly was kind of at the point where I'm like, I don't even know if I want to drive this. Like it felt, felt really foreign. Just the, the whole position that I was in, I just had never really driven anything quite like that and, and rolled over there and it was fine. You know, got on the road and it, it was okay. But I, that was a car that was on my bucket list that I wanted to buy. And after I dropped it off to him, I put the fake smile on and, all that hard work I put into it kind of faded away being like, I just don't like this car. It was <laughs> that, that could, after car. all that hard work, I'm with you, man. Oh. After all that hard work, that would be. Hey, I'm that so glad be. I didn't drive it first because it wouldn't have looked the same. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that car. wouldn't have gone as well. <laughs> just so mad about the car. Oh, man. It was, it was a heartbreaker. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. Uh, I'm drinking what I had in the house. It was a small Corona Rita extra. So that's what I had in the house. Um, as far as uh, a car that let me down, when the RX-8 came out in 2004, I was looking forward to it. I took it for a spin. I went and test drove it and just wasn't for me. I was like, Ugh. I was like, wasn't what? everything I was like, expecting. <laughs> Really? But he's still yeah, on, right, Derek? Everybody's I got their own. Yeah, no worries, Charles. It's just a nice car. Me, I was, was like, man, I almost bought one. I wanted to. <laughs> and after I drove it, I was like, I, I pushed it, and I was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Did, didn't those uh, didn't those have that rotary engine? Oh yeah, yeah. Had the rotary Literally. engine, and the one I drove was thick, also. So it, the same here. The shifter would actually rotate as you shifted too, and I was like, it was oh, so cool, but. Once you know, like I said, I I took it on the highway with a salesman. He was not happy with my drive, so I was like, oh, I, God. he 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 couldn't wait until the test drive was over. And he's like, "So you're buying this, right?" I was like, "No." Nah. Oh. <laughs> I've had a couple of those. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 
Mm-hmm. No doubt. No doubt on that test driving can. I, there was a Mazda I test drove and then I was like, no, I'm out. Like, I'm with you. Uh, mine was the six, the Mazda six. When those start, that probably actually should have been. Now that you say that, technically, Derek, to answer your question, drive. So thanks, Charles. You did remind me. I test drove one of those Mazda six when they first came out because that's what I wanted. And my, when I got out of that seat, it was so terrible. The drive was so terrible. My back hurt. You know, oh. I'm in my 20s going like, wait, why is my back hurting? Like, nah, I'm not buying this car. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, tonight I'm drinking Golden State Cider. Saying I drank last time. It was it was supposed to be drank a month ago, so it's been sitting there. I didn't get a chance to go to the store. So this is a disappointing drink for the night. But disappointing car cars, it's kind of hard to disappoint me. I'll find the the pro in anything. I'll find something to enjoy the car while I have to be in it. But Dude, even a Miata? Cars even a Miata? That, what? <laughs> even a Miata? Actually, no, yeah. Scratch that. Scratch that. I don't know what I'm thinking. Two cars off the bat, a Range Rover that's older than, than a day, freshly purchased off the lot, is absolute garbage. Because every customer's car, car that we've worked on has been garbage. They buy it and it just, just engine problems, gate, lives more at the dealership than in their driveway. And every vehicle, it seems like every Range Rover that we've worked on that's only you know, between, you know, between like three years old feels like the interior has gone through like 15 years of abuse, <laughs> minimal way, use way, from our car. So I think my wife really wants a Range Rover. I'm like, it's out of all the cars. No, not that one. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to buy a car. So the dealership can sit for months on end and whatnot. And another one is, is, uh, but not because of the driving experience, but because of, because of all the extra precautions we have to take with our customers, um, kind of all the pictures of everything that doesn't fit on a Tesla. The first run of cars that we started doing the first run of Tesla, we would always do a paint correction or something on it. And they would always look at us and be like, oh, you, be like, oh, you pop off. Why is the trim not fit? Why is this thing like, why is everything not all level? And I think we did it, and here we here we are. We've bought a lot of time wasted based off of uh, Tesla build quality, and it's their first Tesla. They're used to everything else that just mostly fits correctly, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you're like, oh, this is just slightly not lined up with with the fenders. I think that was your fault. I'm like, oh, great. Yeah, cooking with Nick was that one that you guys put together over there in uh, Eric. In, uh, uh, you uh, you see what shirt I'm wearing, bud? Uh, <laughs> Nice job, Eric. Nice job. So, Dustin, I think you hit the nail on the head earlier. We do all love Bush Light, right? But I'm not drinking Bush Light tonight. Randy, you had a great beer. So there's some other great beers here. I'm going to have to even that out a little bit. How about regular Bush? Oh, wow. And the mango? That's tough. Brutal. Regular that Bush. Oh, wow. My I've head already hurts. That is never had it. My beer. So uh, <laughs> that's not what I thought you were going to take. Huh? That's a man's yeah, beer. Nice. That's a man's beer. Headache though coming very quickly. Honestly, oh, yeah. okay. I already oh, yeah. had one. So. <laughs> I got tall boy, so uh, I hope I hope I live. Um, oh God. What's North on the menu tonight? Uh, Mediterranean smash burgers. Whoa. So instead of ground beef, 
it's ground lamb. Very similar style to what I did a couple weeks ago with the Smashburger tacos. Pretty much the exact same process, but with ground lamb. Um, I've never really had ground lamb, but I love gyro, so we're going to try this. I have no recipe. I'm just going to throw stuff together and see how it works. So we'll see how that works. Um, most disappointing car, though, a couple years ago, we got a trade-in that was a, what, like a 2011, 13 or so um, BMW M3 convertible. It was a coupe, DCT. I only got about six minutes in the car, maybe drove it three miles to the, to the offsite lot for it to get stored before it gets picked up to go to auction. And I had to get that thing, you know, 2,000 RPM from Redline to get any power out of it. I couldn't really use it in traffic. And that was just infuriating to me. You can't really use a car, can't really make it get up and go. I know it's supposed to be this amazing driver's car and all that, but like, you know, the six minutes I was in it, I wasn't feeling it. Definitely Nick Walter's going to be real upset with that. Uh, <laughs> that well, there. he can send me one and let me drive it on the Nash F trace. So, Nick, I'm sure that there's a never mind. I'm I'm totally going to get kicked off for that comment. Pass. <laughs> no. So tonight, guys, I am drinking from Two Roads Brewing Company Summer Haven. I don't know if you guys can see that, but it is a tropical IPA. Um, it only came in a 12 pack, but I was like, you know what? It, how bad can it be? And it's damn good. I got, I'm already drinking two of them before the podcast. Cause I'm like, these are, these are good after work beers, but um, as far as the cars. So my buddy in high school had a 1997 two door Jeep Wrangler Sahara, Sahara, like in dark green. And we fucking went off road in, we did all this crazy stuff in it. And it was the greatest. I, I love that car. He finally sold it because he had electrical issues up the ass. The one day he was driving home from Lake George and the car just shut off on him. So, but he like, unlike you, Marty, he never took the top off. He never took the doors off. It was always, everything was closed. So finally, uh, one time we drove, uh, when I was working for my other job, we rented a 2020 Jeep Wrangler four cylinder in the very bright green, like, extreme green color they make and i'm not gonna lie to you marty it was probably one of the worst cars i've ever driven on the highway like literally i'm holding the wheel like oh, this yeah. like trying to keep it and 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 the guy driving next to me goes are you, are you drunk and i'm like no man i just can't i can't keep the car straight on the road and we're trying i'm trying and this four-cylinder turbo made the nastiest whining noise i have ever heard it sounded like the car was gonna explode like and i'm like he's looking at me i'm looking at him i go so he I didn't do this, but he called the, the, the place and says something's wrong with the car. And we ended up returning the car and getting a Chrysler 300. And he was happy with the 300. I know, I know. But my God, it was like, I, I was so let down because it was a four-door. It was bright green. It was going to be like, oh man, it's so cool. And I was like, I don't want to be seen in this car. No, don't blame you. Don't blame me on that. No four cylinders around here. I tell you what. Yeah, hell no, hell no. Was like, hey, uh, so there was a post the other day inside the uh, the HyperClean specialist group, and that is really the best place for people to go and, and look into the HyperClean brand is go over to the HyperClean specialist group. And each of these guys are all there. They, they chime in, they hang out. So you can always go uh, hit up them if you got a question. But there was a question the other day that I found was pretty interesting. And it was asking, you know, hey, what? To, there's all different types of coatings. We guys have all come from coatings, usually, unless you're a complete rookie. You never use a ceramic coating. And so people were asking, you know, hey, what'd you come from? What was your experience like? I was like, you know what, that 
I would really like to know from you guys, you know, what, what has been your, not necessarily where'd you come from, but just what's been your experience with hyper clean coatings? What, what do you like versus what you used to use? What are the, the things that drew you? Why do you stay with it? What is it that you really like and give you guys to give a chance to what's your favorite one? What do you like to do with it? And, and what kind of been your results? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, aside from what we all know is, you know, easy use. Like I, I can have a conversation with you for, you know, five minutes and teach you how to install a hyper clean coating. And I know that you're going to be able to do it. Like if you can put wax on, you can put these coatings on, um, you know, we all know Trey can get just a tad finicky once you get to that point. Um, but you know, easy, easy peasy. I mean, we had a 75 year old man come in with a C8 Corvette to the shop and he wanted Trey, like wanted to buy Trey to put it on himself. And so, uh, I told him, I said, Hey man, if this is your first coding, let's go with those. Let me spend some time with you, walk you through it. And so he did. And I called him two weeks later. I said, Hey, I just wanted to know how your install went how everything was looking and uh, what your experience was. And he's like, man, it went flawless. It went on like butter. Didn't have a single issue, nothing. So that was pretty cool. Um, and, but you know, from my own personal experience with it on, on our vehicles and all of them that we put on in the shop is they're so durable. We have not experienced any failures. The previous coatings that we were using, um you know three years ago we had seen a couple failures um but ever since jumping on a hyper clean wagon haven't had a single failure love the product my guys love installing it and uh you know the whole reason that i came over to the hyper clean side of things wasn't just because i was fed up with the coatings we were using or anything like that it was because i was being fed from this podcast all the education, all the knowledge, like I would go back and listen to all the podcasts that were, you know, way before I even discovered HyperClean and just collecting all that knowledge, taking notes and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm going to buy where I'm fed. So love the products and, uh, man, I'm a diehard. That's cool. That's cool. You know, you know what 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 brought me to hyperclean I'll, I'll i'll get into the coding part but what brought me here was fuego um it was the wheel cleaner it was the wheel cleaner and then the slick you know two two really great products that there's there's a hundred products on the market like those two products and you know it it's it, it, it's like they just did it better it, it's just like all right it's it's there's a wheel cleaner there's a there's a quick detail there's a silica based whatever it, it was just it, everything was good but this was just a, a level a level or two up you know kind of how mazda is with the miata so the, the 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 thing that brought me to the coatings was you know my first coating was uno you know my my clients out here it's a it's it's a five everybody wants a five year they don't care how long they keep the car they want the durability all that stuff you know, and I was using other brands and the other brands were fine. There's nothing wrong with them, but it, it was, for me, it was the experience of Sparta. And if you guys have not had a chance to actually apply Sparta and wash a car, the, the application is a little bit, it can be a little bit finicky because I, I, I never use Trey. I'll be honest. I never use Trey. 
but with but what it is with with the the Sparta is you the the flash time is quick and and if you if you get a high spot you get the polisher out there's no two ways about it you got to get the polisher out because it it cures and there's a lot of there's a lot of high solids so so it's a pretty robust coating so what i really like about it is you know the the first time i i applied it was was on my own personal miata and i did the trunk but the rest of the car had other coatings on it you know it's and and just washing the the whole car and just doing the trunk it was different how i washed it um and i'm not and i'm not being a crazy oh hyper clean is the best i'm not that guy uh, i'll be honest about everything i'm very transparent about what i use and what i do and how much i charge to all of my customers but it was just different it was easier it was more slick and and it was that slickness that's like all right when when you wash it it's just different you know, and, and there's, like I said, there's nothing wrong with some of the other coatings. It's just like, you know, whatever your preference is, you know, maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe you're a four-door Jeep guy. Maybe you're a two-door Jeep guy. Maybe you're an S2000 person. Maybe you're a Miata guy like this guy. Ah, my Miata man. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Uh, to me, hyper clean, I, I think it's the elimination or, or the lessening of human error. And kind of where I'm going with that is, you know, I started out, um, I mean, the hyperclean coatings are easier to install than the, the sealant I was doing. Before I ever did any coating, you know, I, I kind of went from wax. I went through a natural progression, waxes and sealants. And I ended up at, at one point using, uh, I don't know if you guys ever dipped your hand in the pool with, with the cloth system, where that was a two-part system. You kind of oh. did a base layer and then yep. you came up. I mean, this thing, that stuff was gnarly. That is so much harder to install to me than any of the hyperclean coatings. It's ridiculous. But I went to, uh, before I did hyperclean, I did another brand. And, you know, it was a two-part system. It had a base layer. And, you know, you, that had certain characteristics to it. Then you came back and you put the, the slick layer on there of their the second coating. That gave it the hydrophobics and, you know, the, the pleasure pleasurable slickness to it and when i went over to hyperclean it's like man um i'm getting all this i'm getting everything in one shot it's like why do i want to go over a car multiple times every time you do it no matter how good you are you're inviting the opportunity for some human error you miss a spot uh, whether you don't hit it with coating or you get a high spot i mean you you're just going over and over it something's going to happen you you start cranking out cars and you're just going to have an oops. It's why we have human error as a term. So I, I love the simplicity of it. And, you know, I mean, hyperclean in general, it used to be easy for me when I first got in hyperclean a few years back. Um, Eco one. I mean, I was just like, man, this stuff is amazing. It's such a solved. The big problem for me was a godsend right now with the, the evolution of the brand. And it's, it's become really hard for me to say instantly what my favorite product is. I mean, the line, it line up so good. I, I got to think about it. And depending on which way the wind's blowing, I may have a favorite. I may not. I mean, it's a great line and the coatings are the same way. I, I do dose personally. That's my favorite just because uh, on my vehicles, I don't care how good you maintain them. You're going to get some marring after a couple of years. And um, I like the being able without having to strip off a, some sort of robust, you know, overkill coating. I want something that I can come back and do a light polish, reapply and have my car looking fairly pristine. 
you know that's uh yeah. that that's that's it for me i'm with you on that definitely yeah. uh for me the i'm gonna have to echo everyone else it's definitely the ease uh, the ease of use uh, uh for applying the coatings um my business partner he he loves dose himself he's He's been putting it on everything he could get his hands on. <laughs> um, so uh, as far as why, why we came over, it was definitely, we were definitely influenced by uh, the podcast. I was listening to, I started listening back in December and I realized the, the more I listen, the more I want to hear. And, you know, everyone's got some interesting, uh, you know, points of views. And so that that definitely helped uh you know influence us to come up to switch over and me personally i love using trx on my ford maverick because it has all the plastics and everything that stuff looks like i dressed it up when and i didn't and everyone's like oh it was you know did did you put a shine on there no i've just been using trx and everyone loves using it i can't leave it around at the shop because every time i turn around someone else is using it and i'm like so i gotta Gotta hide my stash. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically it. So uh with me, again, I'm gonna bandwagon off the ease of use, but I mean I've been using hyperclean since Y Y Wax, the primer polish, phobic, the bag concentrates, rates, yeah. You know, X being, being super strong for those bags, so been a block had some problems with those bags didn't we <laughs> great idea the but those lady, bags didn't... yeah the male lady didn't like bringing that little that little box and going here you go <laughs> like no like no it's supposed to the bag why is it in this box so uh but yeah been using it for for quite some for quite some and i mean in the ease of use is the, the biggest thing but not in myself making it super easy, but the scalability, you know, the business aspect of having something to, you know, grow super profitable because it's so easy to use. Um, you know, you know, I had a new guy come in and, and it's just so easy to install that it took more time to train them how to do, train them how to do an interior, just a basic go through where to look at all these little cubbies and stuff than it was. I put on uno and dose and you know that just made for the experience to be be you know something clicks you know if it's that easy to do at the price range and the profits that you should be charging to install that i mean i mean there's there's really to do anything else we should be focusing on something that just works and the numbers are there i mean you know like they said about the 77 year someone like that could come in and install it you know, you, you got something gold uh, to be uh, to be well, and it's not something where you're where you're selling a ton of layers like this, you know, bogus con concept. I mean, you can see the competition and competition. It went from installing seven, 10 layers to all right, here's one. And then instead of a five year, everyone's everyone's starting to sell years and quick, quick coding system. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's a you know, it's a it's a silent compliment that everyone's now starting to follow the the why why wax train from from back right. so if they're doing yeah. it that, you know, that doesn't really have to explain anything else it's that like we've been doing it for a while now they're starting to do it because 
they they have no that there shouldn't be anything else to explain beyond that yeah totally thanks so much um mine my story kind of goes way back like like um back what i'm like 2019 before the hyper clean store app was even a thing and it was the detail supply app and we had mogi and the whole beginning of it for me it was this little mighty not so little coding called the single layer slayer um aka the real name was cc 105 then it's like the, the grandfather of the tray it's your original three-year coding and i had tried a bunch of other codings from various other companies and there was always a caveat right it's either really hard to apply or or it doesn't last as long, or it's not as slick, or some something there is just not what all it says to be. And there's this one coding that I'm seeing on Instagram, but I'm not seeing like pushed as crazy hard. But my industry friends are telling me like, "Hey, dude, you gotta try this." All right, so I pick up a bottle, and it was the most intuitive coding I've ever. I, I really don't even have words to describe it that much, man. It's, it's just so, it was so simple and so right. Everything that could have, everything about its install was just so, oh, this is how it's supposed to be. You know, it, it was so predictable in its use for being a, a three-year coding that I was like, oh, dude, I got to start trying all these other things from HyperClean. Um, and all these other products, and it just worked. It was the only coding that I had tried that had not failed early, and just every single thing about it just worked. It worked so well, and it just clicked with my brain. So, yeah. Well, appreciate that, Nick. Yeah, that was old school. Uh, what does, uh, what's on, you know, you talked about the menu, but give us an yeah. update, man. How's, uh, yeah, totally. how do you do a Mediterranean slider? So, Smash with, burger, I think you said, right? Yeah, Mediterranean yeah, Mediterranean yeah. smash burger, slider, whichever, right? Smash I did, burger, uh, tacos, I told you yeah. about, I gotten into grounding up some meat, did that again, made uh, some picanha sliders where I used that uh, Hawaiian rolls and put little smashed picanha burgers with some cheese Ugh. and some Hawaiian rolls. Mm. Oh, I'm yeah. jealous, man. So it starts with ground lamb, right? You season your ground lamb. I use salt, pepper, paprika, and some diced onion. That's it. That's all you need. You really don't need much. The fat in the lamb is going to take care of like your searing. So you heat up a skillet really hot. Um, ideally a cast iron. I'm not using a cast iron right now because I don't have a giant cast iron. I'm using like a 10 or 12 inch uh, nonstick. That works. If you don't get it beyond like 450, you're fine. Um, but heat up a pan really hot, ball up your meat, put it on there, let it sit for a minute, get a little bit of sear on one spot. And then get you one of these like burger smashers on amazon they're like 15 20 yes. bucks oh my god dude best thing ever to so get you one of these and then so that's, smash that's a... better than my wax paper in a cup where i do the wax paper cup technique like yeah, <laughs> if that right. works that, for that's, you that's, cool that's, that's it's about fun. what works for no, you no, not you're, what you're right you're, 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 yeah you're, this is just so damn easy man i don't have the wax paper because like i'm cheap and lazy but um i don't i've not found that i've needed it but you just put a little corn tortilla on top of, of your little patty ball, um, smash that sucker down as hard as you can, and let it rip on high heat for a couple minutes, or maybe not even that, a minute to 90 seconds of that, if your heat's really high. Flip it, pull it off when the color looks right, and it'll be like, like, you don't have to worry about that. 
top it with whatever, with whatever you want. I'm doing feta cheese, uh, diced tomatoes, and I wish I had tzatziki. I thought I had tzatziki. I don't have tzatziki. So we're just doing feta and tomato, maybe a little ketchup or something. But that's really it. It's that simple. Mm. Oh, looking now, forward Nick, to it. Nick, you gotta, when you, since you have that smash, you gotta make the Big Mac taco. It's the same thing, but you put Big Mac. So I'm, I'm telling you, try it. Since you got that smasher, you're going to thank me later. Can you buy Big, Big Mac sauce like on its own? No, you got to make it yourself. But my God, is it good? All right. I don't, do I don't think the secret sauce is, is too secret. <laughs> don't, don't tell anyone. It's on Pinterest. So. <laughs> it's a secret. But as uh, far I as I can tell, I'm sure a lot of, I mean, a lot of people probably already know. I have been using, I just looked it up. I've been using Marty's stuff since October of 2017. And what got me was I was like a lot of people. I was, I did, I was scared of coatings. I had tried a few, had some horrible experiences. And I was like, bro, I'm not trying to F up my car, F up someone's car. I had customers asking and he was like, you know what, like, what am I going to do? So um, Marty had this, uh, little like uh, pack on Facebook, uh, when you could sell things on Facebook normally. And I, I think it was like 10 bucks and it came with, um, Y wax at the time. And then, um, Optimus, so the primer polish and I bought it. 10 bucks. Like, what the yeah, hell? I think it was like 10, I think it was like 10, there was like these little bottles, you had these little tiny, oh, like, little yeah, that's right. Was, I was trying to just get them out there so people could use. And yep. I was like, here's enough and you're right okay thank you I'm i was like, like you know what what are you talking about i did bucks. a bottle for 10 bucks holy shit. No, no no it was i'm like 10 bucks you know three or four bucks for shipping like so i forgot i ordered it shit showed up but i'm like oh okay marty you like i te- i messaged you on instagram and you're like this is how you do it so i put it on my mazda and i'm literally like oh like because you had said like you know my, for me it was the fact that the coatings would would beat up and kind of show you when it was time to take them off the panel. A lot of the coatings at the time were doing like the whole rainbow thing and then this and that. And then you had to like, you know, every video the guys had to stop watch out and they were on their Apple watches or their iPhone and go, okay, you got, you got 30 seconds. You had to watch the timer and then buff it off. And it's like, literally like, bro, you, you just apply it. When you see the beads, you buff it off. And I'm like, damn, it can't be that simple. So then I tried it myself and I actually did it to one of my buddy's cars. Like after I did my car, I did my buddy's car. I'm like, man, that shit was easy. <laughs> so I was like, there's no way. So then I bought a bottle, went into, went into Anyo at the time. Now it's Dose. And then we did a uh, an orange, a 2013 orange Dodge um, Charger for this guy's uh, birthday, uh, his Father's Day present. One of my first customers I got. And they were like, oh, we need the best coating you got. So I ordered CC105 at the time. You know, I was like, oh my God, it's $100 for a bottle. Like, this shit better be good. And I think that car, I want to say, is I coded it in 2017, and I just saw it the other day. That's still, you know, beating and doing what it needs to do. And that's now six they, years. I know, I know. That's the thing. It's like literally, it's been six years now. Now this is not your normal, you know, code it and forget it customer. This guy actually does, you know, wash it on a, on a weekly basis. He maintains it, but like. I saw it and the car still looks brand new, like still looks really good. And then he even said to me, he's like, bro, like this, what did you put on here? I'm like, at the time, and I told him like, it's basically Trey. So now he's also the guy who we recoded his Jeep. He has an orange, um, not orange, a dark red Jeep recoded in a tray. And he's like, whatever you put on my charger, throw on this. So to me, it was just like, I, it kind of removed my fear. And obviously I've tried other, other coatings since then, but like HyperClean has always been like, 
one of those brands where like I've used it. And then I can, when someone goes, well, how long does this coding last? I can be like, bro, I know it lasts at least three years. Like, well, how do you know? It's like, well, I got a car going on three years. I got a car going on five, six years. And I've shown photos. It's like, so then all these claims that these companies were making, you go like, okay, like, got, you know, tomorrow a company comes out and goes, this is a 10-year coding. I'm like, well, has, how long has the company been around? Have you tested it for 10 years? Oh, we got lab tests and this and that. And that. I'm like, that's cool. But like, I have a car that gets driven on a, not all daily, but like every other, every like couple of days he drives it. And this shit's still on there. So I'm like, that's all I need. After, after that, I was like, I'm good. I stopped looking and I, I'm happy. Like that's just has worked for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. October 17. Yeah. You, you might be one of the longest standing. There's no doubt about that. So mm. it is cool. Thanks everybody that talked about the old school stuff and uh, you know, Billy bringing out the Sparta. There's no doubt Sparta is for everybody that started to put it on. They've all commented about, wow, like it's a little different. You got to work sometimes and you got to be careful, but once it's done, poof, boy, Sparta is dominating. So it's going to be cool to see how Sparta continues to grow and, and push forward. And as we come out with more stuff to uh, well, re, uh, reinforce the line and the gaps some places that we had. So speaking of reinforcing, let's, let's do something real quick though. Let's, let's reinforce what you guys do when you have a cancellation, right? So this should be a quick one. You know, let's not go into it too long. We've got a couple more questions. So but people want to know, it's a question that a lot of times people ask, you know, hey, how do I handle cancellations? Should I do deposits? Do I not do deposits? You know, so just give us, you know, a good 30 seconds, one minute. What do you guys do for your cancellations? How do you, is it deposits or what direction do you do? Everybody's different. They got different size businesses. Some are mobile, some have shops. Everybody's a little bit different. But how do you guys handle it? What do you specifically do? And uh, we will I'm... hopefully. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I, well, I clicked it, and then I then I uh, apparently double clicked, and you know it muted itself again. But uh, yeah, so I'm shop based uh, nowadays. Uh, we don't take deposits only for ceramic coatings, like big jobs. Um, you know, and that even then it's, if I feel like taking a deposit, if I feel like the customer is going to be kind of sketch. Yeah. You know, but, uh, it, if somebody cancels on a detail or, or whatever, it's no big deal. Cause we've got shit from the dealer sitting in the parking lot. Like my guys always have something to do and the rare occurrence that they can get out of there before five o'clock. I promise you they are thrilled. Um, so, and I'm fine with that too. Cause these dudes end up with, you know, 10, 15 hours of overtime every payday. So, um, you know, they're getting in their hours and that's really all I care about. So if, uh, you know, I'm not big on deposits, just never really been my thing. I can understand if you're mobile, um, and not being able to stack up cars outside your shop, uh, then yeah, deposits may be something that, uh, you know, you want to implement. All right. I think we lost Billy. So Randy. Yeah, no problem. The, um, I deal with cancellations time to time. I had one, um, this past weekend, you know, I had something lined up for Saturday and, um, couldn't do it. You know, I, I knew going into Saturday, it was Friday night. Uh, client said, Hey, I can't do it. Let's, 
you know, talk Monday, you know, plan this back out and, and hopefully I can get in soon. No, no big deal. I don't do deposits. I'm not going to do deposits. Um, you know, this isn't the make, the you know, detailing, doing coding jobs and all that isn't a make or break thing for me. This is kind of icing on the cake. My retirement, I invest most of the money back into the business, trying to grow it into something more substantial that, that has a little more impact in my life. But uh, my clientele, I, I have no problem turning down certain clients. My, when I first meet somebody and we discuss, you know, what they want to do with their car, what direction they want to go. I have no problem sending them somewhere else. If I don't feel comfortable. I, I bet my clients as much as they bet me. And it, it's um, kind of a cohesive arrangement or, or um, partnership. And, and I've had to cancel all my clients too. You know, I don't, I don't pay them any money when I, when I cancel it, it is life and we just deal with it, move on. You know, that, that's it. As for me, uh, with cancellations, I don't take deposits myself either. Um, the only time I really take deposits is if we're doing a, anything with PPF, you know, for the material we'll, we'll cover. Uh, but beyond that, uh, you know, if someone cancels, you know, things happen. So, you know, we don't, we don't hold it to them. You know, they'll come back. Yeah, our end, I'm going to say it's based, I'm basically in the exact same situation as Dustin. Uh, we take deposits on some things. If I feel like this may be the customer's kind of like on the fence when they're, when they're scheduling, I'll throw out the deposit card. And if it sticks, cool, we got it. If not, then, you know, kind of filters them, filters them out. Deposits for vinyl wraps because, because that material is so specific to that one person, one person's car. And anything that I feel would be a project for like two days then I would take a deposit on it. But for most stuff like standard detail, standard detail things, I mean, we tend to uh, overbill and, and, you know, in where, where we can, but if some, something comes up like Dustin, we have an account down the street with a dealer and it's anywhere between 30, say 60 cars a month. So even if everyone, everyone canceled day, we would just, you know, grab a stack of cars and just, you know, go through the list. So it's, it's nice having that little, you know, you know, thing in your to rely on it for some reason, some reason that whole day just went to crap and kind of you on that. So, you know, kind of I, don't, a special I, don't, situation. I don't exactly have a business yet, so I don't really have to deal with customer cancel on me. And that's a, <laughs> I guess that's a good thing for now because I don't have to deal with that stress. But what I do have in front of me is some finished Mediterranean tacos, mass burgers, whatever you want to call them. So I'll give you guys a sneak peek um, before well, it's already live on Instagram. But for those of you live, here you go. Oh my god! Oh yeah, too. <laughs> I, I can feel the half eaten one. Sorry, <laughs> but um, yeah, that cheese looks pretty phenomenal. That cheese looks so good. <laughs> hey, just a basic crumbled feta, man. You can't. No, don't show us the secret. That it's basic stuff. Hey, like it looks so. Hey, good. it ain't secret. Go get this. Dude, <laughs> go get this. I'll make uh, stuff it's out underscore grooms. You'll Damn. put out uh, put out how you made it. You also go into the hyperclean specialist group, post your Absolutely. picture, and tell everybody how how you made it. So Absolutely. Love it, man. that does look awesome. It does appreciate it. Okay. So I am one hundred percent 
with uh, deposits when it comes to coatings for any of the basic details. So like my basic interiors or basic full details, um, you, like you said, you can kind of judge what the customer is going to do. But when it comes to like coatings, um, if they're getting a two, three or five year, they, they can't even, for, I have it set up where they can't even book. Like I, I like when customers like book their own appointments and maybe this is deflecting work off them for me. Like, and I, and I get like, I don't, I don't detail full-time. So for me, it's about, you know, three to four days a week um, right now. So I try to do it during the week and then I'll do big jobs on the weekend if I got something coming up. But, but for me, it's like, if you're doing a car and the customer's like, oh, I want to get my, if they text you, go, I want my BMW coded. And you go, oh, okay. Like, you know, you call them on the phone, you're talking to them. Um, as soon as I say, listen, I need you to go online and just here's, here's the link, book, book the job. And then they'll text me, oh, there's a deposit. And I'm like, yes, it's a hundred dollar deposit that helps pay for the coding that you're going to get on your car. You just put, put the deposit down and you're good to go. So for me, if they can't even do that, it's like, like, you know, cause I've had it where I've, I've gone in, booked the appointment for the customer and then we show up or they're supposed to be dropping a car off. And then all of a sudden, you know, at five o'clock in the morning while I'm sleeping, I get a long text message about how they were out drinking the night before. They're not going to be able to make it and this yada, yada, yada. And I've already, you know, purchased the coding. It's like, damn, like, but for me, cancellation, it's only really on coding. When it comes to everything else, I've never really had too many problems. Like the car we have to do tomorrow. Um, this guy just was like, how much you need for a deposit? And I told him, he's like, boom, bam, the no issues. And we got him, we got him. So I'll, tomorrow we're doing a GTR. So I'm getting excited now. Nice. Oh, cool. Um, all right. So Randy, you had, you had sent over a pretty cool, interesting little question talking about, you know, how do we handle, um, you know, retention? What are some different ways that, that people could, could give ideas so that we could all make sure that our customers are continuing to come back. And that is definitely something that HyperClean and what's something that Nick and I constantly push as part of uh, this should be your process. You know, this is part of the purpose of having your business is not always new, 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 but continuing to maintain continuing business for years and years and years, you know, to have somebody that, we still this past weekend cleaned two of their cars and we started cleaning their cars in 2003. So, you know, to be able to do that for a long period of time, that is something that we firmly believe in for retention. Uh, For me, my retention tip, and we'll go around and kind of give a tip, right? Like how, how do you guys do retention? For me, the way I handled retention was I made sure I serviced my customer where they needed to be serviced, right? I made it the easiest for them, whether that was your work, whether that was your house, whether it was your church, whether you were shopping. I mean, we were at big box stores. We were at the mall. We were at office complexes. We were at your house. Wherever you needed to be, we would be there. Now, how I did it to help us, right, was we would go to a business that then we could do three or four, 15, 20 cars at a time, right? Different businesses had different amounts of employees. And so I would go in every two weeks and they would get an email, they would sign up, they would get a form. And then when I would go in and pick up keys, if I saw Sally hadn't picked up and hadn't done a car, I would stop by and go, Hey, Sally, how's everything? Did you enjoy your, your, your detail last time? Right. And then, 
Oh yeah, I did. Let me get back on that next week. Right. So if I was in the office, that's the way I would do it. If I was at their house, he was always just making sure, Hey, did we get this done? Right. Did we, were we there on time? Did we get everything done? And it was like my clientele, because I was mostly going after businesses and business people, my clientele appreciated punctuality and being there on a regular basis, either it was weekly or, or every other week. And we just got on these schedules, right? And that's how I did reoccurrence. Yeah. So, uh, I, I definitely see that, um, as somebody who has came from mobile to a shop, uh, people really do like the convenience. So eventually I, I would love to launch another mobile rig, maybe get, uh, get a little transit van out that back out there on the road. But, uh, you know, even for us in the shop, um, something that's very important to me is the experience. Uh, not, not so much the detail. It's not always just, you know, being the best detailer. Like I just want my customers to have a good experience from the time they book to the time they, you know, they check out, um, you know, so when they come in something little that you can do that people love is get custom made air fresheners with your logo on it. When you hand them back their keys, make sure that that air freshener is in the same uh, hand as, as your key as the keys are and hand it to them and say, Hey, here's an air freshener, you know, and away they go. And it's just the small things. I mean, we do, we do other things like koozies and hats. If somebody gets a, gets a ceramic coating and it's a, you know, I notice they wear, they're wearing a hat. Hey man, do you want a hat? Like, here you go. And they are thrilled. Those would be the best customers ever. Um, so just the little things, um, like I said, experience is, is, is the big thing. You know, you look at Harley Davidson, you walk into a Harley dealership, they tell you when the customer opens that door, you need to introduce yourself and stay, say hello. Um, so, you know, we want to be, make good first impressions. Dustin, I will go ahead and say that, uh, you know, hats are not just a little thing. <laughs> hats are an investment so great job on the investment and let everybody know that's not a little thing and if you're going to go ahead and do a hat please don't just make it a little thing like spend the money to get a decently good hat don't get that sh you know there's some really cheap bad hats out there you should oh, spend the money yes don't make it a little thing actually go ahead and spend the money to get good hats that well, people let's go want to wear well, let's go ahead and tell them uh, Richardson 112 and Richardson 115. If you can find it. Richardson's if you, They are tough little, to find. We have had to, to settle. Yeah, we've had to settle recently with some knockoff uh, Richardsons, and they do not fit as good, but they're really it, not that bad. I've wore them, but not a Richardson. Man, so I was looking at New Era, right? Well, I would what say was it? second choice would be a, a New Era trucker hat, which is the one that we have here. Snapback, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah snapback, kind of, you know, the mesh fit in the back. Yeah, that's know, my, guy, my guys go through them, they'd be sweating and they're, you know, swapping through and through hats to get that airflow. We use that and then we use a, we use a Richardson uh, kind of, you know, bent bill, bill as well. So right on. The new era hats. Yeah, there's nothing worse than going to a charity event or, or, you know, golf or whatever it is that you do, or all of a sudden there's some swag given out and you get some pathetic uh, dad hat from, from the seventies or eighties. And, and it's just, um, 
I mean, it's just taking up space. You just can't wait to just ditch that thing. I mean, the, the, I, I've got, a, I've gone through a few of those where it's like, there's no reason to have this. And the, um, it feels like paper. Yeah. And they're just this. It's all like, yeah. Like paper mache, just some garbage. It's we all, we've all had one at some point, somebody's handed you one of those things. That's, those are terrible. The, and that is a big thing. Like you never know you invest your money into some sort of item like that to promote your business that you may end up with a couple hundred of them sitting in the closet that you can't throw out because you spent money on it I mean, and can't give them away. Sometimes it's, that's a commitment. Yeah. For me, I, I love customer retention. Oh man. That is um, you know, a big part of what I've built starting out, you know, uh, God, getting close to 15 years ago. I have a, a lot of the customers that I, 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 I got going with back in the day, I still have. And they're the ones that have built my business. You know, it's referrals, bringing in people they know and, and trust. And it's fun for me. It, they're not, you know, I wouldn't say they're like family. They're, they're, they're clients. And, um, and I love doing their cars. I love talking to them. I get into... Oh, I've gotten some some funny situations over the years where they have any kind of thing involving their car. They they holler at me. They trust my opinion. I, I try to steer them in the right direction. You know, I'd heard a. I remember a couple of years ago or a little while back, Nick Walters hearing his story and what the services that he provides. I, I loved hearing about it. Where you know, oil changes, tire He takes over their their um maintenance and headaches and, and freeze them from it so they can enjoy their car life when i heard that i was like man that is uh that's what i want i, I want to get there and i'm still trying to get there you know that that takes it at that level that takes a staff that takes commitment and you know a, a clientele that have been with you for a long time and, and you know really trust you to take care of a big investment no matter how rich you are the cars that they own it's an investment. They don't look at it as a Dixie cup. There's money involved, even though if it may be no big deal for them to buy it, it's, they know how much they spent on, you know, I mean, no matter how, what, but yeah, it's, it's a big thing for me. I love customer retention. That's the, the foundation of my business. I do more maintenance washes than coatings and I love it. It's, it's great. For us, um, for, well, for me, I, I reach out to our customers, you know, couple of weeks after the the initial wash uh you know or the coating whatever we end up doing i'll check in on them sometimes it's a little sooner um you know we offer a couple of things for them uh big thing in our area where our shop is is parking is a pain in the ass so a lot of them you know they give us a call you know hey we drop our car off you know yeah we'll we'll take care of them overnight they come back the next morning before they go to work, the car is ready to go. You know, it's a nice little thing for them. Um, that's that's basically it. That is nice. And plus, yeah. you know, the other the other part is is great thing is is having my uncle's shop connected to it as well. So you know, he does state inspections, oil changes, and all the other maintenances. So you know, they can drop it off there for their you know their scheduled maintenances, and then hey, while it's while it's there, we take care of them as well. Um, all yeah. right so i am curious that thank you charles i like that i i'm curious what i mean how do new yorkers take that take the what the the overnight <laughs> i mean yeah yeah are new yorkers okay with that i mean what's it like it everybody's it's like, good 
Yeah, some of them are, you know, are weary. Like um, when I started posting, uh, actually, my aunt was one of them. Read on, you know, when we posted on the the Riverdale group. She said, she she said to my uncle, she goes, "There's another business in there, and uh, they're using your address." He goes, "That's your nephew, you moron." Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Sounds about right. <laughs> So cooking with Nick, uh, I know you're at a dealership. Uh, I'm sure dealerships a lot of times wonder about customer retention, but Absolutely. I, you know, I don't know. Is that a, is that a thing you've ever thought about? You know, is that a, what, how do you guys handle customer retention at a dealership? That's one of our biggest priorities on our daily basis. It is something that we think about 24 seven, every single day of the week, right? We're a new company. If we don't have return companies, or return customers, we're screwed. Totally screwed. We're not providing, you know, just a $1,500 service here when we deliver a new car. We got to make sure, we got to vindicate that that $60,000 or whatever it is investment is up to their standards, is up to their expectations. And if you screw that up, that customer is going to give you a headache for a long time. And they might not even come back. That might be the start of a really, really bad relationship. So there's a lot of pressure to get it right on the front end. Um, and if you have to deal with that on the back end, good luck, man. That could, that could either be a so cool customer, but it's often not. So basically customer experience would be the exactly. same. Similar to, yeah, yeah. Customer experience, I think is what you're exactly. saying. Exactly. Making sure you have all your customer experience at 100%. They're satisfied. They love everything and take care of the customer. Every step of the way with, with um, all kinds of fail safes built into that process. If they, you know, say they buy. Oh a... yeah. Eric, what do you think of those fail safes? I'm joking. That was a good <laughs> shot. That was a shot right there, Nick. That was a good shot. I'm not sure Eric thinks of those fail safes. They were kind of crooked. Yeah. I'm joking yeah. there, man. I, I just thought that was funny. Well, say you buy like a hundred plus thousand dollar car. Say you buy a, you know, a, a plaid, um, a, like a hundred plus thousand dollar Model S. Do you want to put that customer into a $30,000 loaner that's four years old? They come in for service. Mm -hmm. no. But that's a great you, point because there's a lot of dealerships over the years that used to do that. I find that to be very interesting mm -hmm. now. Did Tesla change that for everybody? Because it does seem like over the past 10 to especially the last five to seven, there's been a, a massive change. And then we got into the Corona aspect on dealerships really made a change here locally to where they don't even do uh, most of them. When you come in to get service, now they just get you an Uber. They don't even try and worry about, do you have a mm -hmm. ride? Do we need to shuttle you mm -hmm. anywhere? Do we need like, you just show up, you're going to get an Uber and we're going to take you where you need to be. Like we used to handle the problem for the customer already. We used to do yeah. that. Now, um, every, pretty much everybody gets a loaner and we clean it every single time that car comes back. They get a fresh car. It's one of ours. They know what to do with it. They don't have to worry about, oh man, is this, is this Uber going to last me, you know, a day or a couple of days? Like we're making a serious effort to take care of our customers so they know that if they get another car, they're going to be taken care of. Do the body panels fit on the loaner car? 
Did they all line up? Or... <laughs> no comment. Their car has better fitment than the car they bought. No comment. I don't think I've ever seen that. <laughs> well, for me, guys, as far as the like the net, like I was, you know, I was just talking about the customers I've, I've had for a long time, or like we're going on, you know, seven years for one of the guys. Um, it's it's for me. It's it's almost seems like if you're if you seem invested in their vehicle, or or you kind of show like appreciation to be able to work on their vehicle. I know when I do, you know, a nice car, any kind of you know big car, I'll usually um, almost like thank the customer for allowing me to work on the vehicle and stuff, even if it's like not a super nice car. I'm not talking about like a Porsche or Maserati or something like that. Just uh, you know, especially if it's like something cool to them. It's like uh, you know, we did a um. Uh, I had a guy where um, his he bought his daughter a Alfa Romeo, and it wasn't like a high end Alfa Romeo. It was just like a, it was it was a uh, it was a Stelvio, like the base Stelvio. And I know it was dark blue, but it was it was a cool car. But like it, the the daughter was so happy to get the car, and like literally, I'm talking to her about it. I'm showing her how to do how to the thing. I'm, I'm telling her the history behind the you know oh this is what Alfa was thinking when they made this car, and she was like so impressed with just the, how how much I cared about. And she he kept saying, oh, you know, it's just a base model, just a base model. But like, I didn't care. I was like, bro, it's enough for a male. Like, and it's not like, like you earned, you got the car. Like you should be proud of your vehicle. And like a lot of the customers I've had, they just seem like they really, um, that's why they want me to come back. It's like, oh, this guy, I really kind of cares. And they're still paying me to do their car, but like, it's just, it's, they're not just paying for me to do the car. It's more of like, it's almost like a friend's coming to hang over, hang out at while their car is getting worked on. Kind of like what, um, you know, Randy was saying, it's like, you're, I would be at a guy's house where like, you know, we're, we're detailing a car, we're done. And we spend the last like hour, hour and a half just bullshitting about, you know, different things are getting ready to do on their car. But like, those are the people that, you know, I'll, I'll do their car. And then they've referred me to so many more people that it's like, you know, this is like my, the one guy, this one guy that I've done is like my number one customer. It's like that guy I've done so many cars based off of it. It's weird. It's like all the people that I've, that he knows his friends and family, like it just all kind of like, it's weird. All the connections that made just the fact that I was more personable instead of just taking the money and saying, hi, thanks. Here's a car. Have a nice day. Bye. And just leaving. Like it was more like kind of having like a, like a, a conversation with them. Yeah. I love it. Uh, and one other thing I just kind of thought of while I was listening to you guys talk, you know, for at the shop, when somebody brings something in, I'm not like, you know, we've done grand Wagoneers or the big, the big things not there, but if somebody's got a cool car, Porsche or, you know, like we had that uh, kid car that came through, one thing I do like to do is when they're about to leave, I like to take a picture, right? Even great when they wave, right? Some people will walk out and they'll wave and they'll drive by and they'll wave. I like to take a picture and then I'll send them the picture. And if you got an iPhone, the cool little thing now inside of an iPhone, you take a picture and then you can hold that car and then you can hit share once it does that cool little like drawing around it and you can save then just the car itself and send them just the car then they can use that in whatever area they want because it doesn't have a background in it so cool little thing that you can send to people is here's a picture of their cool car and uh then they can use it for however they want some people will put that on social or they might use it in different aspects so yeah man that was a great question that was a great question uh randy so glad we could all chat through that bye derek i think it's time I'm going to just enjoy a regular Corona premiere. 
kind of the old regular around here as my finishing beer. So I'm going to finish with a Corona Premier. It's time to tab out. So for this tab out question, I do have one little quick story real quick. Uh, I had mentioned you guys before, but, uh, you know, when you, you know how there's when you, ages, when you turn, you know, certain age, 13, turn 18, you turn 21, you can, you know, 18, you can smoke, at least in New Jersey, you can smoke, you can buy cigarettes at 21, you can drink. But like, for me, when I turned 13, that was the first time I could look at my parents and go, you know, I want to go see a PG-13 movie because I was 13 years old. I could just go see it. Like my mom's like, okay, fine. So for me, the um, first movie I wanted to go see was uh, Twister. And this was, I know it's from 2000 and, you know, 1997, you know, you had uh, Helen Hunt and uh, Bill Paxton uh, was in that movie. But to me, that was my big, oh man, I'm 13 years old. I'm going to go see this movie. And, you know, in the first five minutes, the guy gets sucked up from the tornado and my mom's looking at me and she's like, oh man, but like it ended up being not a very crazy movie. So, but it was still like, to this day, I will go watch the movie anytime it's on TV because I love that movie. But speaking of movies, what about Twister 2? I think they were just recently yes. in Oklahoma City recording wow. stuff. Yes. For Twister 2. So. I was getting ready to say the new one's called Twisters. So now it's going to be <laughs> multiple Twisters. Jeez. If you Google it it's right now, be like... Google it. if you Google it right now, it shows Twister and then it says Twisters 2023 or 24, I think it's listed as. Mm. Listen, that better not be like, what was that dude from 90210 that created that Sharknado? And then it was like multiple Sharknados. And like, come on, man. Like, what the hell are we doing here? Like, come on, dude. Yeah, they're gonna, you know, two storms are going to combine and make one, you know, four mile wide tornado yeah. or something like, but I'll probably go see it. But so what I was getting at, so movies are always judged on how they sell at the theaters. But as car guys, we want to know what movies do you guys think sold the most cars? so for you i mean was it twister i don't know i don't oh, oh <laughs> why, for why me, did it's twister make it's this definitely yeah. twister. And, and you and you all know what car it was it was definitely the dodge ram that yeah baby that that Second bill Jim, paxton baby. was driving the whole damn movie so in the beginning of the movie he's got a cap on it and i was like man what truck is that and it was like red and then you know they take the back off when he puts dorothy in the back and stuff and that truck survives until the last 15 minutes of that movie every other i'm like you know what i i want a ram so bad when i was just because of twister that it was a dark red it looked so good and the interior looked good it was like oh man i want that truck but oh yeah brother uh I think Chrysler <laughs> might have sponsored because there was so many other vehicles, Chrysler vehicles in that movie. I think there was a Jeep, there was a Jeep Gladiator. I think there was a Jeep Comanche in that movie. There was a, there was a, there was, a, was a, so many Chrysler vehicles in that movie. Like, but that Ram, I wanted that Ram so bad. Well, it's a great question because I love going second, and I can answer the question for everybody. There really mm. is only one movie chain that has sold more cars and completely changed the way young people look at cars. And they're about to release, and which is why I say this, is because now the number 10 is coming out, and there's people here, which there will be people in every other city, hosting car shows at the movie theater. So has Fast and Furious dominated the car market and actually changed the way people began to enjoy their car lives a lot of people and i would say if i'm going to answer the question down to an exact movie number three was it number three 
that really as stuff started peaking up and started as the movie series catch on more and more was it number three I don't know, or four. I think somewhere through there, three or four would, would have been the movie that dominated and began to get so many young guys into the streetcar scene, all the different modifications. I don't think it would have been number one, two maybe, so I'm going to go three. Fast and Furious number three is what I'm going to say that uh, got everybody moving to modifications. Was I that- would definitely I agree. Know. Huge yeah. agree there. I mean, it, it's definitely changed the the whole car scene across the board. But uh, for me, it's gonna be the you know the '68 Charger, the Dukes of Hazard, man. E- even to this day, Ooh. I mean, you can't get a clean, you know, nicely restored Charger for less than a hundred and twenty thousand dollars. You can find you know a rust bucket with a couple parts and you know flintstone floors for like forty thousand dollars and then you go to look and and find something that's uh you know nice and drivable and show car ready dude you're you're 120 plus i mean i i seen them the other day for like 300 plus wow i'm just thinking to myself like holy crap dude like this is insane uh, so uh, it's really it's really impressive to see how you know a tv show so many years ago that you know i grew up watching loved it have watched every single episode and could go back and watch them again has uh has changed Justin, that market. You, you watched the rewinds though you watched the replays you didn't actually watch the originals <laughs> yeah no i did not watch the originals because i'm uh you know not quite your age yet no, so. <laughs> but as somebody that did, I, 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 I seem to always, cause I would watch Dukes of Hazard every Friday night with my dog. So my dog's name was Daisy. And then the next dog that I had was named Dixie, which was uh, Daisy's uh, Jeep name. Right. So yeah. I definitely also am with you on the Dukes of Hazard. I love the Dukes of Hazard. And I saw a reel the other day, people are still, and this was fun. It was a, greatest uh you know wedding interest and the groom came running in with the dukes of hazard car and then the cop car was right behind him and he comes oh, flying yeah. in throws it in slides over the hood and starts running to the altar while the cop car's back there like it was awesome you know it was I, i've seen that that was super cool very clever and uh that gone man it, it, it's still one of my one of my dreams and one of my goals to uh to own one and, and really enjoy it. So hope that day comes sooner than later. That's pretty rad. That that I I grew up with it, Marty. I think I'm uh slightly older than you are, and and that was part of my childhood was waiting for the next episode. You couldn't just binge watch it. I mean, there's no binge watching back then. It was different world, but yeah, that that's sick. And I think uh there's definitely some fails, you know. I don't Randy, did you I, have the rabbit ears that you'd have to try and like move around yeah! to make sure you get in the right spot? <laughs> Man, mine had tinfoil on them, dude. <laughs> and we had and that, that dial that had two dials, a UHF and a VHF, and you'd get, if you were at some levels of it, you'd get it up and you'd go this well, way and you'd go this way. We were saving up for the two dials. Mine had a pair of needle nose pliers stuck in one of the spots the dial was supposed to be. And then there was a dial on the other one, though. We, got, we, had, we had a dial and then needle nose. <laughs> it was, you know, we're on a budget. It was uh, simple times. Yeah, th- th- there's some great fails out there. I think Knight Rider, I don't 
think they sold many Pontiacs. With, with that. I don't know. I mean, I was a little older and didn't have my finger on the pulse of car culture at that point. But Dukes of Hazard was sick. I mean, growing up, that was I had the Matchbox car and I loved it. It was a sick car. And for me, though, I think um, I, I was torn between two fantastic, probably B-list type movies. Maybe my, right. the one I'm going to only go one. What? Yeah, yeah, go one. Only, somebody else one. might no, have no, that no, other I'm one. Thinking, oh. I'm going to choose Lane. And Nick, I'm, I'm, on, I'm in there with you, buddy. I think after you changed my life with the uh, cast iron skillet and nachos, I, I'm going, I'm taking Nick's, uh, I'm not taking probably his choice. But I'm I'm there with you, buddy, and I'm going to the Italian job. The, uh, the mm, right, that's that fair. was sick. That I mean, the that was that was just sick. Like I love minis. I, I made fun of my parents when they bought one, then I drove it. I was like, damn, like this, right. The one they had had no guts, but it was sick. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's so right. Cheap car, like you're just that. Yeah. I think you're right, Randy. I think that's when Minis really started popping was off of that movie. I didn't really know some before then, and then they seemed to really grow after that. Good call, man. Good call. That's mine. I loved him. Yeah. That's reset. Good movie, too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I feel for me, um, Gone in 60 Seconds with Nicolas Cage, I think the 67 GT500, um, you know, everyone started wanting to make these cars. And then, uh, you know, I feel like that also played a part, and I could be wrong, in the, the redesign of the Mustang for what was that, 2005. But Cervinus mm. started making those kits that to clone the Eleanor, but on these, you know, 2005 and up Mustangs. So I feel, you know, me personally, I, th- I feel like after that movie, forget it. You, you can't find the face back for anything, you know, not with... Even for the rattiest one, you're paying top dollar. Isn't there uh, some, something I saw recently, some news about that kit and where they're going to start pushing out the ability to do more of them and stuff like that? Yeah, there's a, there's an aftermarket company that actually makes the bodies. I think they're called Dynacorn. Uh, they do actually make the, the fastback, uh, the bodies. Mm. But there's also something recently, too, I think... Uh, the lady whose husband, you know, built the original one for the movie, um, like she lost in court. So they released the the licensing on that because uh, she was actually seizing people's cars when they were, you know, calling it Eleanor. Really? Man. Yeah. If that's... you look it up, it's it's crazy. That's crazy. Oh, no, you can actually <laughs> buy the kid without having to write issue. Yeah. Crazy. You can't do something in your car without it being copyrighted. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I guess I'm up. <laughs> I would say <laughs> I forgot. I thought that was my bit. Uh, I mean, dramatic pause. <laughs> I would say Fast and Furious would be something that in my would be the peak as far as I'm not sure about sales of cars, but I think it brought in a whole market with it, get with it, rather than people's. I think the customization, customization, the vision of doing something in your car, whether car, whether it's really cool or extremely tacky and disgusting of a, a customization to your cars. You know, some tramp stamp decals on your cars, some sweet tribal tattoos, just you know, bannered up on the side of your car. I feel like that 
opened up uh you know the huge market as to why why you know myself and all my been here today at the shop shop i was super stuck thinking thinking that the 350z in tokyo drift the third one that i was stuck on now i can't now i can't absolutely z's they sound terrible because everyone straight pipes them pipes them funny enough we have one in the shop right now now that i'm thinking about it so it feels like it just it just keeps haunting me. Now I wanted one back in the day. Now I can't stand it. <laughs> yeah, man, y'all. I'm approaching 48 ounces of bush, regular, flowing through my veins. And it might be that, or it might be the spirit of Rowan Atkinson playing Mr. Bean. But my answer is going to be Mr. Bean and the minis. That has to be the most iconic, like. Screw James Bond and the Aston Martins, dude. Like, this has to be the most iconic pairing of all time. Like, of all the things that I can think of. Yeah, that's that's just it. That's my answer. And I'll be all done. Yeah, mic drop. Listen, Derek, I thought somebody would say, which we were both torn on, the, the, the number two that we didn't say, we both were thinking was the Camaro. From Transformers, I I had a guy come in that said that the only reason he bought the trans uh, a Camaro was because when Bumblebee went from the older gen to the newer gen and he transformed the guy he was like that's when I bought it one, and then they just announced actually that they're get, they're going to be killing the Camaro. I think Chevy just announced it, and the guy was saying like he's he's like really sad about it. Because he's like, what the hell? Like, what are they going to do? Because Chevy's being real quiet about it. But that movie, I think, sold so many cars. Because I think, didn't they do the new Corvette, too, in one of the movies? Like, the, didn't they, like, tease the concept car? Mm, you're just, you can't be on me. Uh, the only other that's, movie that's I would say was, uh, I think, one of the Avengers movies. Um, Tony Stark was driving one of the new Audis, I think, at the end. And then one of the new concept cars. I think that they might have sold a lot of cars just based off of him. Like it was the last like five minutes of the movie pulled up in it. Makes sense. Makes sense. Guys, thanks so much. Great, uh, great community pub. I really enjoyed it. Dustin, uh, always a pleasure, brother. Uh, Randy, thanks again for joining us from the beach. Uh, on. Hanging out there in your car, making sure we got great <laughs> audio. I really appreciate it. Of course, I would have rather had you at the beach too, but. Uh, Thanks for being in the car, man. We'll let you get back up to the family. We really do appreciate it. Eric from Cali, man. Always a pleasure, brother. Thanks so much for your time coming in. Charles from up in New York in the Bronx. Holding it down, brother. Always sure. a pleasure. Thank you. Cooking with Nick. We got it's underscore grooms. People can go check out uh, what he writes. We'll go to the Hyperclean Specialist Group on Facebook. That's where you can find it out. And uh, from Nashville, brother. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Derek, always a pleasure. We will uh, yeah. see you guys in a couple of weeks. Enjoy your night. Thanks for having a beer with me. Have a good night, everyone. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Peace. Good times. That was killer, man. Great tab out. Hey, community. Another great community pub. Hey, let's have a beer. Well, or because since it's National Bourbon Day, maybe take a little shop of bourbon. Either way, what you need to do is you need to get over to the Hyperclean Specialist Group. Derek's going to post the tab out question. Go into the Hyperclean Specialist Group on Facebook and answer the tab out question. Nick and I will pick the winner 
And on Monday, we will uh, award somebody a wonderful, hyper-clean pint glass. It's a wonderful glass, and you're going to love drinking your cold beverage with it. This is Marshall. I hope you make it a great day.